0: Welcome to the find your awesome podcast. My name is Kelsey Abbott and I'm your host. I'm a transformational leader and an instigator of joy. I use human design, professional coaching, and intuition to help humans relax into their true essence so they can experience more ease, abundance, and joy. And welcome, welcome, welcome. I'm so glad you are here. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for coming back to the find your awesome podcast. Thank you for coming here for the very first time. Welcome. Now, For those of you who have listened to multiple episodes of the Find Your Awesome podcast, maybe you've noticed that my bio evolves over time. Maybe you don't notice. Maybe you never listen to the intro. But for those of you who have happened to notice, those of you who really pay attention to details, I just wanted to own it. Yeah, it's true. You know, I've been in business, Find Your Awesome has been a business for more than seven years maybe even more than eight years. I'm not entirely sure. But my point is I am constantly evolving and my evolution is coming back to my truth and constantly finding the conditioning. The, in other words, from, in my case, the rules that someone else has told me that I've followed. And then I find them and I'm like, Hey, wait, what are you doing here? You're not me. You get to go. I get to do things the way I want to do them right now. And so one of the things that people had always told me is they say, who do you work with? Be super specific. And I was like, I work with humans and they'd be like, you work with just women. And I was like, no, I don't. I work with women and men and nine non-binary people. I, I don't discriminate based on gender at all. I work with all humans, all colors, all abilities, all genders, all versions of everything. And that was unacceptable. I was told in business, I had to limit who I work with. And as I'm saying that right now, like, what, what the heck that, what, why, why create scarcity? This work This transformational evolution where we relax into the essence of who we are, this is for everybody. This is for all beings on this planet. And by healing ourselves, because that's what it is, by healing ourselves and coming back to our truth, we are healing others. So no, no thank you. I will not limit this to a specific gender or a specific type of person. And yes, I work with humans. Okay. I'm sharing that all because I want to give you an invitation to notice the places in your life that you have maybe taken something on as the rule, the way it has to be done. Before I started my business, I had no idea how to run a business. And in fact, I never set out to be an entrepreneur. I never set out to have a business. And it wasn't until I graduated from coaching school that I was like, huh, I guess I'm starting a business. And I actually started a triathlon coaching business at the same time, which was also so not part of my plan. And so of course, because I had no idea what I was doing, I reached out to others and was like, how do I do this? And they told me all the rules. And so I followed all the rules. And then I was gradually, even in my first year of business, I followed all the rules and then I would like pick things out. I'd go on my website and like, delete, delete, delete. This doesn't feel right. And still seven plus years later, I'm like, hold on a second. That's a holdover from something. So-and-so told me that was the way things had to be done. And no, 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 that no longer flies. So for you, my dear listener, permission to break all the rules and do what feels good to you. Okay. So this conversation this week is with Yolanda Williams. And I met Yolanda on her podcast, Reiki Radio. And I just loved this woman's energy. It's it's delicious. And I paused before I said that because I you know that sounds ridiculous. And I have taste digestion and taste cognition in human design, which means I literally taste things. And Yolanda's energy is just like, it's very sweet. Not icky sweet at all. Deliciously sweet. It's like a cupcake. Or you'll hear me say in this episode, it's very much like a cinnamon bun. A good cinnamon bun. I'm going to stop talking about tastes because it makes me sound like like a total weirdo. And let's talk about Yolanda. She is an intuitive self-mastery mentor, a certified medical Reiki master, and the host of the Reiki radio podcast. She uses a blend of techniques to help clients and students achieve deeper connections with themselves, which facilitates new levels of self-awakening and reveals the dynamics of mind, body, and energy. Her methods have helped Reiki practitioners all around the world, and she's currently authoring an oracle deck to highlight how you can deepen your connection, relationship, and understanding of what it means to be an authentic expression of your true nature. Before I read this bio, I didn't know she was making an oracle deck, and Yolanda's Sun personality gate is gate 41, the gate of artistic creativity. So how amazing and perfect is it that she is making an oracle deck? It is amazing and perfect. I hope you enjoy this conversation. Yolanda shares such wisdom. She shares the Reiki principles and really shows us through her own experience and embodiment how to live Reiki. She is a beautiful soul and I hope you enjoy this conversation. If you want to learn more about Yolanda, you can go to theenergeticalchemist.com and of course, listen to her episode, sorry, her whole podcast, Reiki Radio, links in the show notes. And if you want to work with me, go to kelseyabbott.com. That's where you can book individual human design readings, partner human design readings, private coaching sessions. You can also get pre-recorded human design masterclasses, core strength classes, inner critic transformation, and access my meditation library. You will find it all at KelseyAbbott.com. And if you are not already on my newsletter list, go get your booty on there. You will get a free human design love note. It is a love note that describes your energy type. That's whether you're a generator, a manifesting generator, a manifester, a projector, a reflector. And if you don't know your human design, look up your breath time and go to my website, KelseyAbbott.com and get your free human design chart that is uniquely yours. Okay. I'm going to get out of here so you can listen to Yolanda and me right now. You're amazing. You're a miracle. I love you. You are abundance. Go forth and be awesome. Yolanda, thank you so much for being here.
1: Oh, my love. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to get to talk to you again.
0: I am too. I love that. We've basically planned this. I mean, I want you on my podcast. I want to share you with my audience. And this is also just a, how could we hang out again?
1: I know. I know. Well, now that I'm on the East Coast, maybe we can figure it out. Although I'll be here more permanently soon. So we'll definitely have to figure it out.
0: Yes. Yes. As yeah. we both figure out where we're going to live.
1: Exactly. <laughs> I was going to say long-term, but let's not even commit to that. <laughs> no. <laughs> then we'll just cross paths by accident because we happen to be going to the similar direction. Mm-hmm. We'll
0: see. Or maybe, yeah. perhaps we will actually live in the same place.
1: Ah, that would be delicious. I like the way this is going already.
0: <laughs> okay, but we're not here to plan the future. We're here to <laughs> embrace the uncertainty of it. Yeah. Before we get into every, all the juicy things I want to go into and wherever this conversation leads us. I just love the way you talk about energy work. So can you just like tell people what it means to you and, and how you got into it, please?
1: Yes, absolutely. Um, energy work, what it has come to mean to me, (laughs) um, over years of just practice, it really has become this amazing gift of self-discovery. Quite frankly, I mean, it kind of turned life upside down on its head in the way that I perceive myself, the way I understand myself, um, which has given me a lot of change in perspective with how I understand people around me and the, the projections and the emotions and all the things that make up the soup of human experience have just, you know, I the interaction with it all is so much different now. So I really see um, energy work as I've never said this before, but it's coming up to say, it's like, it's my best friend. No, but it really is. I mean, it's been a beautiful teacher for me. Energy work has definitely become um, a beautiful teacher and guide for me. Um, how I got into it. Oh gosh, honey. <laughs> 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 ah! Okay. So I used to work in finance. It was very stressful, and um, I worked for this particular company. Um, it was an international bank for many years at the time, and we were being bought out. The division that I worked for was being bought out by another bank, and so we essentially—well, the department I was in—we had a an option of keeping our job with the new company, but I would have had to move to Texas, or I could take a package and get laid off because of the distance. Anyway. I didn't want to leave Southern California. So I took my package and basically, you know, it was a moment of freedom because that was a very stressful job. And so there was a part of me that was relieved. Um, Now hindsight, I know that the stress of the job was, it was literally like killing me slowly, but I was the kind of person that I would have just stayed until it took me out, you know, because it was a responsible thing to do. Um, to stay in that type of job, I thought. And um, yeah, I took a little bit of time. I went to Europe by myself. I had my whole little eat, pray, love moment. And (laughs) I went to visit my family. And then when I came home, I started for the first time in life having panic and anxiety attacks. And it was because I knew I didn't want to go back into the same line of work, the same career. And because I had a little bit of a break I didn't want to go back to just that feeling of stress, like that level of stress. So I was completely freaking out. And back then, I wasn't the kind of person who was really in touch with their emotions. And yet I found myself on my bedroom floor, floor, a fetal position, hysterical, (laughs) just like begging, praying, like, please help me. Just tell me what to do. I need direction. I don't know what to do. It felt like I was imploding And literally in that moment, this weird sense of calm came over me. I stopped crying. And the first thing that popped to mind was a woman that had done my astrology chart years prior. And I have to say, as a side note, the reason it had been years since I saw her is because the first time I went to her, it was so accurate. It scared me and I just never went back. (laughs) So (laughs) in my moment of panic, she came to mind. Um, oddly enough, so I made an appointment with her and she told me a lot of different things about, you know, what was going on with my life, my path, myself at the time. But she also recommended that I go get Reiki and that I learn how to meditate. And I I just, you know, that sounded terrible and interesting. I mean, the meditation part, I was like, how, like my mind goes a mile a minute, lady. I don't. Okay. I'll take a class. Reiki, I'd never heard of, so I Googled it. And when I looked it up, it sounded so odd that I was curious. So instead of booking a session, I actually signed up for a class. And that's how it all started.
0: <laughs> I have so many questions. Um, <clears throat> the first thing, how'd
1: you get into finance? That was actually accidental too. Um, prior to that, I worked in IT. My life has literally, I mean, when I sit and think about it, it has been just like following the breadcrumbs and inspirations. Mm -hmm. Um, But how it happened was, how did it happen? Mm, I don't remember. The company that I was working for um, prior to that, when I worked in IT, they were shutting down for reasons. (laughs) They were shutting down for reasons. And a friend of mine worked for the company that I was later than um, working for. And because at the previous company, I had done another position that was similar to um, the opening that was at the finance company. That was how that happened. So I got into that other company, the new company. And while I was there, a position opened that was similar to a, a job I had done in the past. And that's how that happened. And then I stayed. Okay. But I I just was
0: looking at your website and I think you said something about how you used to see a pink lady in your house when you were little. Yeah.
1: Yeah. 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 So that was when we, well, I'm originally from DC and we stayed here until I was five and my bedroom door was directly across the hall from the kitchen. And so at night, I would just crawl out of the bed, look into the kitchen, and I would see this pink, flowy lady just in the kitchen at night. Did you talk say to her? Anything. I didn't talk to her. No, I would just stare and be mesmerized by the floating pink lady in the room. And it wasn't, it was, you know, from my memory, it just seemed like, like her entire being was pink. You know what I mean? Like her dress, her face, her hair, like everything was the same shade of pink from head to toe. Um, Yeah. And that's all I remember of her just staring. So you obviously
0: have some spiritual connection as you're super tiny and then you grow up to go into it and finance and then find your way back. Is
1: that what happened? (laughs) Well, you know, it's really funny. I mean, you know, I have remember my grandmother telling me stories about her seeing different things um, when she was younger Um, And prior to her becoming very religious, there was a part of her that, you know, tried to shut all of that down. Um, My mom is also very open to all different spiritual things. And she's always been um, uh, curious, although our paths and our curiosities are very different. But so I mean, I've always been kind of surrounded by and um, my mom encouraged me to follow, like, my curiosity. If there's something you want to know about, follow it. She didn't really shut anything down, so to speak. Now, other people, even in my family, would be like, oh, no, shut that stuff down, again, because of whatever their beliefs may have been, and these types of things, but, you know, I had that. I had a mother who was very open, um, also grew up primarily in Massachusetts, so, you know, there was always that fun time of going to Salem and Hearing about the witches and, you know, <laughs> instead of playing other things that other people played, one of me and my best friends, like we were very, um, that was where our, our imaginations would go. So, yeah, although I do, I think a lot of children, do. I think all of us do, I just think uh, at some point, there's someone or something that happens in life to kind of tune us out of what we may have been aware of before. Mm
0: hmm. And I had forgotten that you're a an asshole, and that we could just drop our R's for the yeah, rest of this episode, we but we're not have. going to, we're going to hold on.
1: To <laughs> now that you said it, I feel like it's going to come out. It's, a, it's
0: okay. No um, judgment. Okay. Um, okay. So now I want to jump forward yeah. to Reiki. Reiki. I think a lot of people think of as something, something that they receive and, it heals them, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but you, first of all, you have a different perspective, a slightly different perspective than that, but also you said that you have learned so much from the practice of Reiki. What has it taught you?
1: Yeah, so initially um, I was just, one, I was skeptical when I read about it. It just sounded so odd. I was a little skeptical going in, which I think was good for me because I didn't go in just Although I guess that's not my personality. But I I was skeptical enough that I was grounded in not jumping in too deep too fast, I guess you would say. Um, But initially, it just made me again kind of question the way that I was seeing and perceiving things. Because I had also always been the friend that, you know, if you went to a certain environment, for no reason, I would want to leave because I didn't like the way it felt. Or if my friends introduced me to someone and they would joke like be friendly and I'd be like, uh-uh. Uh-uh. like I would just shut down if there was something about a person that didn't feel comfortable to me, but I didn't understand what any of that was. So anyway, so once I started meditating and um, practicing Reiki, I started to then understand more about energy and what it is that we do perceive and feel um, beyond physical You know, sensory our eyes and what we hear auditorily, all of these things. So it helped me also then start to have more understanding of if something doesn't feel good necessarily energetically, it's not that the person was bad. Maybe I was feeling their fear or maybe I was feeling their sadness. So it just literally started to give me a new lens about us and having um, a different respect really for the human experience. But then it also cracked me open to finally coming into relationship with my own emotions, like out of my head and into feeling my emotions, not being so logical about, I mean, I was just matter of fact and logical about everything. So um, that was an interesting texture of life. Um, And then it also helped me to be more accountable to what I feel, like really acknowledging how I feel, what triggers me, what old stories and wounds and all of these things are coming to the surface and you, sh- you just get to study yourself in a different way. And so that's, that's a lot of what I'm still learning, um, what we hold, how it impacts us, and then how we literally can allow ourselves to transform um, what it is that we hold and how. I think you just said
0: something that will be really helpful for people who other people like you who are considered non-emotional in human design. Mm -hmm. And what that means is you don't have emotional authority. So Mm -hmm. your emotional center is open, which means in your natural state, you are calm, cool, and collected, which can Mm -hmm. seem to other people cold or frosty, but you feel and amplify other people's emotions Mm -hmm. so they come out of the blue for you and they're they're a lot they're like they've got Mm -hmm. all the exclamation points around them they're lit up in neon (laughs) yes so it sounds like you you were able to drop into like oh okay i'm feeling these emotions Mm -hmm. how did you manage them how did you like Well, I was going to say like not roll around in them, but maybe you did roll around in them.
1: Well, both happen. One thing that's funny is like when I was in my 20s, a friend of mine who's like, she's so ooey gooey, you know, she's just such a love bug. Um, We were in our 20s and I had gone through a breakup and I was telling her the story of whatever the situation was. And she said, she looked at me so serious at the end of my story. And she was like, good friend. How did that make you feel? And I'm like, what? I just told you the story. What do you mean? And she's like, yeah, but how did you feel? And I, I was so confused. It did, made no sense to me that she was asking me how I felt when I literally just told her the whole story. <laughs> but because there was no, I guess I there was no um, sense of emotion coming. It was so matter of fact, that was confusing to her. So anyway, it always stuck out in my mind. That she asked me that because I genuinely didn't understand. So fast forward to ten years later, I'm starting to do energy work, and you know, different things would start coming into my unconscious awareness, like old experiences or old things. But all of a sudden, there was this like huh, bubbling up, this feeling like internally, like I feel these little eruptions starting to happen. It's like, wait, I'm feeling what? What It's blessed. like I'm crying why am I crying and so it really was as odd as it sounds like I, I just started crying about things like it could be um, one time um, I was at an airport and people holding hands or a lady holding her baby it was so sweet to see that literally like tears came out of my eyes or you know again I might have have some flashbacks to something and it just like tears but the difference was, I started to recognize how conditioned I was to repress the tears coming out or to repress myself, like just not allowing acknowledgement of whatever it was I was feeling. And so now it's just letting it come out. And so once I just let myself start to cry, and it wasn't like hysterical, but just letting the tears move it then started to just naturally create the space of me being able to investigate like, well, what is this feeling? Like, why am I crying? Is this sadness? Is this anger? What? So I started questioning what I was experiencing through feeling like what was the physical response? What is this? Why I, this discomfort, what, what is this? Right. So it, it just became a lot of that just starting to question, um, what I was experiencing, what I was allowing myself to finally observe and feeling. And then over time, I I just got comfortable with like, oh, that's an emotion. That's a feeling. It sounds like I make myself sound like Frankenstein. But I mean, it really just, that's what it was you do.
0: you don't sound like frankenstein at all you sound like every other person that i've talked to with an open emotional center you guys mm. tend to be like i don't cry at all and then i watched this movie and i cried and you're, you're yeah. typically like appalled by it whereas mm-hmm. i'm like hey i cry like every day
1: yeah <laughs>
0: like yeah i would absolutely cry if i see people holding hands but I see yeah and eight. that
1: was so confusing to me i was like why am i I'm lighting up But, you know, (laughs) again, I had to, like, give myself the whole logical conversation. of like, well, of course, yes, it's sweet. Like, oh, it's touching your heart. You know, really just as simple as it sounds like those little bits of awareness of like, oh, oh, yes, that's sweet. Like, oh, and I think even the um, recognition of, like, tears are just movement of emotion or energy, like it's not necessarily something bad. That's almost um, also coming into energy work, you, you really become aware of the necessity to allow things to move. And so I didn't want to cause more backup and build up. I was already trying to work through layers of backup and build up, right? So yeah, I became very willing to let myself emote. let myself express, let myself examine all the things. And again, I mean, it it's, it's life changing, really. Mm,
0: yeah. And I think you just touched on something really important to the conditioning around like not crying or why are you crying or hiding yeah. our faces when we cry or just trying really hard not to cry. I the mean, really thing. these messages are so messed up.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think about how many times people apologize for crying, Mm you know, like, Oh my God, I'm so sorry, I'm going to cry. Like, what are you apologizing for? Like, why, why, what is happening? But yeah, I mean, it's very interesting when you think on so many layers of how deeply rooted um, that condition has been placed on us, whether, you know, the whole be strong or, you know, just pick yourself up by the bootstraps or just all the things. And I don't think of course, it didn't come from a malicious place, but I mean, if you teach us from a young age to like, don't cry, don't moat, like you're stronger than that, you're tougher than that. I mean, you do that over and over again, and then there's going to be an effect, right? And so, yeah, I mean, a lot of us come to a place of like shock of how deep different types of conditioning have impacted our behavior, our perspective, um, what we allow and what we kind of reject in our lives. So oh, emotion. that reminds me
0: of, I recently heard a conversation on a podcast and they were saying that because of our tendency with kids, when kids fall down and hurt themselves, they start crying and we say, you're fine. And then they mm-hmm. become adults who you say, how are you? I'm fine. Because they feel that same feeling like they're going to start crying. And when right. they were kids, they were taught that means they're fine. So they'll say, I'm fine.
1: Isn't that that's fascinating? Crazy, Yeah, no, it really is. Cause I mean, that happens for so many of us, but yeah, very interesting, that correlation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's crazy. Mm. Yes. And that's mm. the other thing too, of like starting to um, uh, kind of start observing stuff beneath the surface, because even that, like a lot of times, you know, the intention behind what we say and what we do a lot of that is so conditioned as well like even asking someone how are you a lot of times we don't really genuinely want the answer it's just like a cultural thing to do like hey how are you and if they respond you're actually kind of surprised like oh my god can you believe they told me how they were Well you asked like <laughs> <laughs> it's what we do right so i mean just the the mindfulness part too i think is a another big piece of um energy work it does make you way more mindful of like what you're saying what you're doing the intention behind it all and again the effect on us
0: and Um, i'm laughing at at that example because as a four six i want to connect with everyone so as soon as somebody asks how i am i i will legitimately answer so the the (laughs) people who say instead of saying hi they'll be like how are you and they're like they say it like as they're walking by or riding a bike or something and i'm like How could I possibly answer? Like you made it so obvious that you don't want an answer, and then like I (laughs) need the reminder. They don't actually want the answer. They don't understand. Like they say hi by saying "How are you?" Okay, Kelsey, they're not actually asking you to open up right now. But I'm like, I will tell you, my soul, (laughs) and it will be totally inappropriate (laughs) because I don't do small talk so well.
1: See, that's funny. That reminds me of a. I I guess I'll have to have her look at her human design chart one day a friend of mine and I that's how our conversations go I will be vague unless you like dig for more um usually with stories I'm trying not to do it now you know on purpose but my friend needs a lot of detail and will give me a lot of detail and I was like friend meat and potatoes up front meat and potatoes up front give me (laughs) the sides later right but they need the opposite from me. And so it's a it's a very interesting dance that we do to accommodate each other in that communication. Because yeah, my friend wants the whole like 20 course meal. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Just give me the meat and potatoes. Yeah.
0: Well, I want the meat and potatoes. If the meat and the potatoes are your soul, I don't want any mm-hmm. of the like any of the other stuff. I don't want to know like, Anything about the baseball season or the weather or anything like that? No, I just want to know, like, are you grieving right now? Like, what are you yeah, excited yeah. about? What
1: brings you joy? Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I, I figured out for me, is I need to know the point up front. Mm. So like, if someone is just talking to me and I don't know what the point is, my mind is like, what's the point? What's the point? Like, I'm trying, I'm literally trying to locate what is the point of what you're telling me, right? And then once I'm, I have the the point then it's i oh, i can relax so if you give me the point up front then i can listen to all the rest in a relaxed state but if i'm searching for your point oh man it's hard i you know, yeah
0: the- i see where that is in your chart too cuz i get that as well yeah oh you have a wide open ajna jeez so it's yeah you are like we so people with defined ajna they have this filing system we don't and it's like wide open and beliefs can go in there and swirl around. And someone with the defined Ajna can tell us this long story, all these details. And we're like trying to hold on to it, but we don't have a filing system to put things in. So we're like grabbing it, grabbing it, grabbing it, grabbing it. And then we're like running out of hands and we're like, what, what do I need to know?
1: Right. <laughs> That's exactly it. What do I need to know? And then you can give me all the other stuff on the side. Yeah, It exactly. kind of reminds me of, um, when I, I meet with um, the group of people that I work with every day, and we have a different point of focus every day. And I literally every morning will come in like, what did we talk about yesterday? Cause I will bring dump too. it's like, I, d- I don't want to just hold on to the random information I take in. Hi, uh, if it's interesting, it'll kind of, it'll stay. But for the most part, I'm really good with just, if you say, Oh, what happened on the show you watched last week? I don't know. Like, why would I retain that I I have no room (laughs) to let new stuff come in I don't know yeah
0: information flows through us yeah yeah I think I I feel that completely I don't know Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but uh, yeah I don't know I'll read a book again although I actually don't like reruns but I don't I also couldn't tell you the entire plot of that book that I read a month ago
1: right yeah I don't like reruns either And now that you say it that way, it makes me think maybe that's why I love meditation so much too. Like a lot of people have a challenge with it. I have no problem with just observing. If you tell me don't attach to a thought, no problem. I'm good to just like follow my breath, Mm -hmm. let things move. Actually, that may be why I love meditation so much.
0: Yeah. I really feel like meditation is essential for people with open head centers, like both of us, Mm -hmm. because we also have to just not it's important that we don't attach to our own thoughts, but it's yeah. like absolutely positively critical that we don't attach to other people's thoughts that get in there because yeah. that'll just lead
1: to suffering. Yeah. Huh. Very interesting. um Gosh, we should have had a whole conversation about like how human design and Reiki, like where do they meet. Okay. But anyway, I'm wait. Sorry. But yeah, let's out?
0: go there. <laughs> let's go there. So, um, well, where do they meet? With, with Reiki, do you use the chakras?
1: Some people do. So in the, I guess you would say like traditional teachings of it, no, not so much. Um, it's really like the system that was intended to help us come into the space of purifying heart-mind and heart-mind being thought of as like one thing, not two separate things, heart-mind, um, purifying heart-mind. And so really when we think about our mind is the source of like even what you said, our suffering or our peacefulness, um, how we direct the mind, how we perceive things, our stories, our patterns are on and on and on. So when we like just bring it down to meditation and you start to learn to direct the mind and in um, Reiki, it is a very meditative practice but there's different elements within the practice. So one of the things you learn in level two, um, you get introduced to Reiki symbols and the Reiki symbols. If you look at them in their sequence, they really point to how to reveal more of your true nature. So it's like how to reveal more of that, that pure aspect of soul that is not yet or not, not yet, but that isn't affected by what we encounter in life like like isn't our old stories or isn't what we're attached to and isn't you know whatever the things that cause us suffering right so the reiki symbols first help you point to how do i even achieve coming to the state of peacefulness awareness self-connection and then you have something like what's called the gokai which are the reiki principles and those can be looked at as like a code of ethics that I really point to, well, then how do you become the expression of this work that we talk about, right? Like, it's one thing to say, you know, I have a kind heart and I'm trying to achieve clarity of mind or I'm trying to be kind to people in the world and kind to myself and all. Yeah, but how does it show up in your behavior? How does it show up in your thought, you know? And so, um, yeah, so that essentially even beyond the hands-on aspect that people tend to be most familiar with. There's a lot in the system that's simply trying to help you find more alignment and peaceful resonance with this like purified aspect of you, so to speak. And in that clarity, then you can follow whatever inspirations, you know.
0: And does this get into, you've said that Reiki is really to help people heal themselves. Mm-hmm.
1: Is that part yeah. of what you're talking about right now? Yeah. I mean, like for me, the thing is, you know, a lot, I used to describe it to people as, you know, when they wonder, like, well, what is energy healing? What do you even mean by this? Right. And I tell them, think of like, you know, our thoughts are feeling, our emotions are flowing through a water hose. But because of what we repress or we choose not to look at or what we deny, like, oh, that doesn't bother me or whatever the things we do life happens we get too distracted to come into awareness of ourselves it's like someone grabs that water hose and cuts off the flow so now the water is still moving but it's blocked it's it's backed up now right and so then you do something like energy healing and it's like you are gently releasing the grip on that hose so that the water can then flow again in its regulated balanced state and way So it's the same. So we do energy work to create like this harmonized flow of energy through our being. We're not meant to be congested, but we can become very congested and backed up. And because of thought, again, you know, life experience, because of hurt, we shut down because of old stories, conditioning, all of the different things. But in that, we have to recognize like our the flow of our energy is not separate from the way we direct our mind is not separate from. The way the body holds all of it, like when you're stressed and your back hurts, or you know, so you start to see this um, mind-body energy interconnectedness. But then going bigger, you start to recognize that there's no separation between like you and I. Bigger out, me and you and the tree, like we're all, you know. Um, gosh, I keep forgetting your questions. I'm sorry, but anyway, don't worry about the questions. So, keep going. Yeah, it it does teach you. Um, first to come into just simply observation of you. Because again, we've been so distracted. So like, just sit. And people say, oh, I can't meditate. I'm like, don't worry, drop the word meditation. Just sit, <laughs> sit and breathe. Mm-hmm. What's coming up for you? I mean, your mind is supposed to work. So what you thinking about, right? So if you stop and just make a practice of sitting, observing yourself, you start creating this habit of starting to acknowledge yourself. And so it's like, just this build up, this um, coming into deeper awareness of you and of itself is going to help you start to understand you, your energy, your mind and everything else. But yeah, but there are tools within the system that kind of guide you and how to do all of that.
0: It's really interesting that you say that because I remember when my husband had his first Reiki session, Mm -hmm. this was, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago. He was like, I don't know if it worked or if it was just like an hour for me to meditate. Like, I don't know (laughs) if it was the energy work or the meditation. And it actually, you're the first person I've heard talk about it in a way that it kind of feels like maybe it doesn't matter so much. Like it is for you to meditate and Mm -hmm. it is for the energy to flow through you.
1: Yeah, it's for you to surrender enough to just observing that like you don't get in the way of allowing the flow to happen, right? So, I mean, it. so I always like for like, whether it's people I'm teaching or people I'm working with, one of the first things that it's it's literally expressed within the um, kanji of the Reiki symbol, but to be an empty vessel. And that is to say like allow yourself to surrender, like release attachment and just just, just be open and receptive to, The flow of life, right? So if you are someone that's having a Reiki session, and if you are guided to totally relax and let go, and you know that there's nothing you're supposed to do or try, just observe. If you feel anything you do, if you fall asleep and snore, nobody cares, like literally no pressure, just, just lay down (laughs) and see. And when you give yourself that freedom of not chasing what you think is supposed to happen or chasing like some want to feel or experience you leave the space to allow experience but you're just observing it and it's it's no big deal and that same type of allowance is like how we learn to direct our mind in meditation don't attach to the thought let it move so a lot of all of this work I think um, no matter what technique or philosophy or whatever you study within the realm of spirituality they all point back to the same thing, be present, be grounded, anchored, connected to you, however you want to say that, but be in observation without attachment, be observant of you without judging yourself, and then how do you come to understand, and then those other layers come in, like the compassion, the forgiveness, the love, all of this, right, oh, I'm cracking open my heart, and then now what, can you be compassionate with you? Can you stop judging you about your past? Can you stop having regret about X, Y, Z? Can you have appreciation for what those things taught you? Can you see how they got you to where you are today? Can you see the gifts of blah, blah, blah? And then again, it's like more of that hose, the grip on the hose starts releasing. And again, you come more into deeper states of spaciousness and clarity. And just through these processes, then more of the attachments start to fall away. And then you come more in alignment and resonance with Maybe your human design, you know, like you become more aware of like, oh, beyond what people said I was supposed to do. Now I'm feeling into what I feel inspired to do. And beyond what I feel like, I don't know, I don't, I didn't, I don't even know why I'm doing this in my life. And I just want to go fly a kite. Well, go fly the kite and see what happens, right? So it's like you start to create more room to be more clear and aware of who and what you are, mm. Kelsey, what's happening? I feel like I'm not
0: answering your questions. Oh, don't worry about that. The questions are just <laughs> okay. like, they're, they're not, they're not to be answered. They're, okay, to, okay. they're to spur you to talk. They're like, okay. no, I don't, I don't actually care about the answer. I care about what you're saying. And I have no recollection of what the question was either. Okay. Um, but I have another question you keep saying, oh. um, like talking about getting out of your own way and getting stuck. And you said something else along those lines. How do we know when we're in our own way? Or how do we know when our energy is stuck or stagnant or congested?
1: Yeah. When our minds are running like a mile a minute and we're questioning and we're doubting. And the the nature of your thoughts is causing the anxiety and the fear in the body. The nature of your thoughts is causing you that feeling of worry and where like you're obsessing over things or something instead of again, just allowing it to flow. Um, the funny thing is I remember, cause it's a practice. I mean like, you know, like first like you observe like, oh, so just back up really quick. So the Reiki principles, the Reiki Gokai, it's just five little line things of just for today. I am free from anger. I'm free from worry. I am grateful. I am diligent in my practice. I'm kind to myself and all living things. That's it, right? And it sounds simple enough, but it's like, oh, but how do I live into that, right? So just even the first, just for today, be present. That's hard. We are flooded with information. God, they got cell (laughs) phones. You get information coming from every direction now. Like, what do you mean just be present? I have 50,000 things to think about, right? But it is, it's a practice of just sitting. How do you direct your mind? Do you let your mind go off to? Oh my God! I gotta check my email. I gotta go. That, or do you decide to be kind of um, like be very disciplined to say, I'm gonna sit here for three minutes, and all I'm gonna do is f and breathe, and I don't care if I think about other things. It's okay, as long as I give me a three minute break to just sit here, right? And so the more you do that, the more you condition the presence, and then you start to look at free from anger. Oh, please, have you seen the world? Do you watch the news? <laughs> have you walked down the street? And then again, it's that contemplation. I like, well, what does it mean? Well, what makes me angry in the first place? Why does that make me angry <laughs> in the first place? You know, so it's like this, you come into this presence to first observe. The observation gives you an opportunity to deconstruct and to understand and perceive from a different lens, a different point of view. And if you're not attached to your rightness, wrongness, goodness badness you can just observe and start to explore things from a space of neutrality and then things start to open up and then you forget kelsey's question
0: (laughs) it doesn't matter but now because i want you to keep going what's the what's the one after free from today just for today i'll be free free
1: from anger i'm free from worry so in the same you know regard like we're looking at, well, what worries you and why, you know, where these fears come from? It's usually a fear, like, well, we're worried. So say, for example, a lot is, you know, what I'm doing in my life path. I'm nervous. I don't know which choice to make. I don't trust myself. I feel called to do X, Y, Z, but everyone else says I'm supposed to do blah, blah, blah. So then there's this fear, this worry. Well, I make the wrong choice, right? That's very common. So just like what you've um, shared on my podcast about like human design and seeing these type of expressions that feel more aligned to us, we also have to like sink into trusting that. And so again, it's like this deconstruction of if you said to me, when I was working in finance, guess what, you really probably would love to do a podcast and do energy work, I would have thought you were insane, like insane. Nothing about that was logical. Nothing about it made sense. I would have had no idea what you're talking about. You know, I would have totally rejected it. Even if there was this urge in me that I want, oh, that sounds kind of interesting and free and blah, blah, blah. I was too stuck in my own stories. I was too stuck in my own fear of doing anything, coloring outside the lines, right? And so you start deconstructing by examining what your boundaries are, what your limitations are. And again, where they stem from. I was functioning a lot from my mother's projections and stories on me and, you know, just going blindly with whatever, whatever. And then coming to the space of like, oh, that lady got to live her life. Like, <laughs> I need mean, to live mine. Like, what happened? She got to do, she was, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. okay. <laughs> so <laughs> I was just thinking, cause she was an embalmer. Like that, that that Wait, yeah. really oh yeah. Well yeah. My mom, my dad, my stepdad did autopsies. My brother is an embalmer. Whole nother story. Another oh, day, this is yeah. a
0: whole nother story. <laughs> this is
1: fascinating. My grandfather was a funeral director. Oh, so yeah. I was
0: gonna ask, like, do you have like a family funeral home?
1: Uh, no, but you know it's funny when I um back when I had that astrology session the woman was like, oh, have you ever thought about working in hospice? I was like, not on your life. And she's like, you'd be great at helping people. I said, what? No, no, ma'am. Later on in life, I did. I was there when my stepfather died and it felt like an honor. And so like, I was like, okay, that made sense. But I also, my first meditation teacher told me she had a vision of me helping people transition, like in a past life, like that's what I did. And so she said, but it feels like this lifetime you're helping people transition in a different way I was like what is this lady talking about because this is when I first started all of this you know um but I absolutely now I'm like I'm fascinated with death cycles while we're living (laughs) like completely Mm -hmm. fascinated with the deep level transformations that we go through um what we try to hold on to to avoid transforming so yeah I guess The lineage of working with death for me is a little different, but I I am absolutely fascinated with the the ways we allow ourselves to go through this, you know, life, death, rebirth, while in physical form.
0: Oh, that's just fascinating. Okay, I'm (laughs) gonna bring you back though. So just for today, I'll be present. I will be free from anger. I'll be free from worry.
1: And then what? I am grateful. Yeah, and then just for today just imp- implies the present. So yeah, just for today, um, free from anger, free from worry. I am grateful, right? So imagine if I did allow myself to step outside of the anger and the worry. However, I was able to deconstruct those things and see things in a higher way, different perspective. And I could be really grateful. I can be grateful for the challenges. Again, I can be grateful for what I learned. I can be grateful just for the roof over my head. I'm grateful right now for this conversation with you which brings me to like, I'm grateful that, you know, we found each other, however we did, like all the things. Right. And that essence of gratitude just like opens us up even more to like this deeper alignment, deeper awareness, deeper presence.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, I just got another whiff of cinnamon buns. So before we started recording, <laughs> I told Londa, there was something like her energy is just really sweet. And then I was, I was embarrassed to say it because I really got this strong image and like smell of cinnamon buns. And I was like, that's really weird. And then I told her, (laughs) um, and I, I do have your chart in front of me. And I remember that you've got the gift of nurturing. And I wonder if it's just like the sweetness of like my, growing up we used to make those pillsbury cinnamon buns yeah where you pack them all in or we did it we packed them all in this round pan and then put as much icing as you could possibly get you like really make sure you scraped it all out of there and let it melt right on top of the warm ones
1: Yeah. yeah but see what you just said is like so in line with this so you're saying like on my human design chart there's this aspect of like nurturing right and like I repressed the hell out of that a long time ago, you know? Like, so for me, I always felt caring, but I didn't show it. And I didn't allow that expression to be alive in me. So I was very offended and confused when people didn't recognize that in me. And it took me a while to understand, well, like, you're not walking around like the invisible man here. Like, people only know what you show, right? And so, again, like doing work to drop a lot of our bs that we've accumulated along the way a lot of the baggage the stories that ah, okay well thank you for the lessons high five up top now i can reveal more of my true nature and yes within that i am very i am such a love bug and i never would have known it (laughs) but i but i am
0: you are you are and i feel it it. hugely and i actually can't imagine you hiding it
1: yeah, I, I had it on lock, I but I didn't that realize that of of you. You. I did. Right. Mm-hmm. I
0: can show oh. you pictures. You can see it in my eyeballs. Okay. Yeah, I want to see those pictures. <laughs> um, I want to see those. I hate you eyes and see if you really, <laughs> <laughs> if they really were the I hate you eyes or were they like I'm trying to make it look I hate like I hate you, but really I absolutely love you. <laughs> um, okay. So presents. Free from anger, free from worry, and grateful. Gratitude.
1: Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And then, and then diligence the- in practice. What does that mean? And so a lot of people translate that as like being diligent in your practice, like, like do Reiki every day or um, you know meditate every day or whatever. But your practice is how you show up in life. You know, it's kind of reminds me of um, <clears throat> when I took yoga, one of my yoga teachers would always say, don't, they would say, don't leave it on the mat. So I'm like, take your practice out with you in the world. And it's literally that. So like, if I sit to meditate, it's part of my practice. But what I'm learning in meditation is how to direct my mind, how to surrender and release attachment. Mainly, I'm learning to focus and observe. So how does that practice support me in navigating out in my life? So now I'm interacting with not you, you're just buttercup but say I interact with someone who like is really in a bad mood today and they are like unleashing their feeling onto me and I've done nothing but show up to this person right now if I'm in my observation my practice my meditation practice even though I'm engaged my eyes are open I remember to focus on my breath really observe what am i seeing oh this person is upset this has nothing to do with me oh my goodness look at that like so now i'm seeing and responding to this differently instead of taking it personally and reacting right so my practice has like moved beyond just sitting on my zafu and now i'm applying it into how i'm living my life i'm living the expression of my practice so the diligence is that it's like we have these tools these practices that help us learn how To reveal more of our true nature, how to live more into the expression of it, but it's up to us to actually apply. So, being diligent in your practice is really being mindful of how you're being <laughs> in your life and in the world. Yeah. One thing to be like, Oh, I'm so I practice Reiki, okay, great. Well, how was I mean to the person at the grocery store? Like, what? No.
0: Mm.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think that, I mean, all of these are so important right now, but that one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, it leads to the last one, which is being kind and, you know, it's kind to yourself and all living things. Well, it's like, really, how could you even get there without the ones that are previous? Right. And so like going back to even having gratitude and before that is freeing ourselves from anger and worry. If I am Angry, I'm holding on to this grudge. Oh, Kelsey, I can't believe what you did to me. Uncle oh man. But if I allow myself to be like, man, I wonder what's going on with Kelsey. Like, why does she come at me like that? Like, oh, you know what? I remember she said she went through. Uh, papa. Now again, I'm deconstructing. I'm allowing myself to come out of my own ego and defensiveness. And maybe I can move more deeply into compassion. I can have more understanding. I can have more forgiveness. Oh my God, I'm softening. Now I can be grateful for like, man, I'm so glad. But think of how, again, how it feels in your body. Like when you're mad and you're all, it feels like crap in your body. I don't like that feeling in my body now that I know what it feels. No, no, I like feeling peace and chill in my body. So it's like, why am I going to let things take me out of my mind that is going to take me out of like, being possessed by emotion and then my body is going to feel the brunt of it all like what i'm trying to chill in this vessel okay i have still i have a uh, listen i told you before this I, I gotta go to spain i have things i gotta do <laughs> i have no time to be wearing my body out over like you know trying to prove a point over here no if i'm kind to my body i start by whoo how am I directing my mind? Hmm, that's interesting. I wonder what's going on with Kelsey. Just the questioning alone frees me from attachment. And then oh, I, I soften. I can come into again compassion, whatever. My body is relaxed. I'm chilling. I'm so kind to me. And guess what? I was trying to deconstruct and now I'm responding to you in kindness. And tell you the Gokai, the Reiki principles, I it's like the simplest little code of ethics, <laughs> That's a it's perfect, it's Yeah.
0: It's like yeah. perfect little daily reminder <clears throat> yeah. to check in with yourself. Like what, yeah. here are your intentions for the day all day, every day. Right. Perfection. And
1: what are you doing?
0: Yeah. Are you living into it? You no. Know, when do you fall off the balance beam?
1: Right. Mm-hmm. And don't judge yourself if you do. Right. Go like, oops, I learned something. Be grateful mm-hmm. for what you learned when you fell. Get up and yeah, try to do better next time. Yeah, that's it.
0: I realized, I, I thought I quoted my Angelou the other day in text to a friend with, when you know better, you do better. And I realized that, no, that's such a paraphrase of what she said,
1: uh-huh.
0: <laughs> but still, I'm going to give her credit for the idea of, yeah, when you know yes. better, you do better.
1: Yes. Yeah. And it really is true. Yet again, like we can get so attached to beating ourselves up for what we didn't know before. I'm like, what? That's one of the fascinating things to me because I love to learn. So to me, I'm like, I'm just excited. I learned something new. I'm not mad. I didn't know yesterday. Who cares? Like mm-hmm. I know now, like that's fun. But then also knowing <laughs> this came up in one of my classes the other day, like don't be too rigid in your rightness because what you also may come to understand is what you think you know now will greatly change and transform as you go on. Like I thought I knew myself at 22 and I would have dared you to tell me otherwise. What? (laughs) That's cute. I thought I knew myself again at 33 and now here I am 44. I still, I think, but now I know that I am learning. I am aware of who I perceive myself to be in this moment. I understand that that perception is ever changing. So I'm not even like so attached to my rightness. What are
0: we talking about? I don't know. The brilliance <laughs> that is just pouring out of your mouth hole. I love it so much. Oh, my God. oh. Um, Let's, let's wrap this up. Maybe, yes. maybe this is my last question or one of the last ones. <clears throat> okay. We've talked before about you had a rough year or oh, a yeah. couple of years, whole lot of loss in your life. Yeah. And here you are. Magical as ever. How did you take care of yourself through all of that?
1: Yeah, so um, it was, it started right at the start of COVID. And um, yeah, within a year, I lost three friends. Interestingly, none of them to COVID, um, but yeah, three, three friends transitioned. And, you know, the interesting thing was prior to that, I had never. Experienced that the loss of a friend and I always thought like oh my god I'm so lucky I don't know what I would do if I ever lost a friend yeah but you never know until you go through it um but I do know without a doubt my practice is what helped me not totally lose my mind in that period because one we were at the start of COVID and that was maddening and crazy I think at the time it was around like all the election stuff was going on in the country. We had everything percolating with Black Lives Matter. Then, you know, on top of, on top of, on top of, on top of. And then all of a sudden we're, you know, on this lockdown and there's no food, there's no toilet paper. Like just everything was <laughs> off the charts, right? And then one of my dearest friends just dies unexpectedly. And it was, it was like something hit me like a I I can't even describe it I've never been that thrown out like just the hearing of it being validated the person who told me said the sound that came out of me was like something that I'd never heard but my practice is what first of all allowed me to process emotion like we talked about before whereas before I think I would have been very confused by what I should feel and what am I supposed to feel? What do people say? Am I grieving right? I would have went into a whole cycle of probably judging myself around the way I was grieving or not grieving and, you know, worried about was I crying enough or not enough or, you know, all of these crazy things, but my practice um, of meditation helped me to just observe me having this experience, right? So it was like I allowed myself to emote to feel without any judgment, and I was literally a, like, felt like a like watching yourself from a bird's eye view, you know. So I'm, I'm witnessing myself go through this experience, having the experience, but in the background, also being like, Wow, this is so interesting, you know, because it was the first time I had experienced the loss of a friend. And because I wasn't attached to, again, like right or wrong, I wasn't like, um, I mean, I loved my friend, we had coffee all the time together, you know, they were very important in my life. But I wasn't attached to like, they're not supposed to not be here. You know, it was like, how do I just sit with what is this is what is, and this is how I feel. And I'm going to observe myself going through this. And what that allowed me to do was, one, have a lot of appreciation for the memories. Um, It also allowed me to see, like, what a gift just having that person in my life was. Like, man, what did I learn from them? I'm so thankful for that. I'm thankful for their presence in my life. I'm thankful that they're still present in my life. I mean, I think about them. I feel them. Like, all the things, right? Um, And then that allowed me to even, like, still laugh at the memories and things about them and what they did and all of that. But most importantly, I, I didn't compare my grieving to anyone else. You know, like, I just let myself go through what I was going through. And in fact, somewhere in that observation, I started to recognize that what I was afraid of was forgetting them. Like, what is this grieving thing about? Like, what is this? Like, there is a part of me clenching to what am I clenching to? It's like, oh my god, I'm afraid to forget them, I'm afraid to forget their voice. And in that observation, I had to remind myself, like, my grandmother has passed away over 20 years ago, I still remember her, I still remember her voice. Like, you know, so again, the deconstruction that allows us not to attach. So that was friend number one, and then the same, I mean, it just kind of followed suit with the other two friends that passed away it was the non-attachment and observation that i've learned through practice of meditation and energy work very much applied in how i was able to hold space for myself through such hard transitions but then also um feeling safe enough to reach out to friends or whomever when i needed that too they i mean yeah, a older version of myself would have just suffered in silence and probably pretended I was okay. Like you said, if someone said, how are you? I'd have been like, I'm good. If you called me in that cycle and said, how are you doing? I'd be like, not great today. But also I don't feel like talking right now. Can I call you later? Like, you know, and I did feel bad about it. So um, definitely again, don't underestimate no matter what you practice, what you study, whatever it is, go deeper with how the teachings of it, the practicing of it is helping you as a person and helping you witness just your expression through life. Like how does it apply to just regular life? It may help you more than you can imagine.
0: You know, actually one of the most powerful things you just said for me was the, I'm not doing great today. I don't feel like talking. Can I call you later? Mm -hmm. because I have sometimes felt the pressure to like, to call someone, but I really don't want to talk right now or to, Oh, I got to, I got to answer the phone. I got to have this conversation because they really want to have it. but I really don't want to talk right now.
1: Yeah.
0: That thank you for that permission right there. And that perfect little script.
1: Yeah. I mean, and even like, if it's something like say a friend has something going on and if I genuinely know, like, for whatever reason, I just can't be focused enough. Like I will just say to my friend, like, hey, babe, you know, I love you. My mind is all over the place right now. Let me like take a beat. Let me like get myself together. And I'll call you when I can really genuinely give you all of my attention. You know what I mean? And a lot of times it's just people understanding why (laughs) you may not be able to, you know, but still honoring like, no, this is what I need. I'll tell you why, but yeah, no, I, I have to take care of me too.
0: Mm. And that's just such a dish- delicious way to like honor your needs, respect mm-hmm. the other person, yeah. sh- communicate with love. Like it's like pure heart energy. Mm-hmm. And things will change because everything is temporary. Yeah. We will connect when I can give you my best self.
1: Right. Yeah. And I'm not going to be attached to if that bothers you or not. No. <laughs> It just is like, you might not like it. That's okay. We'll we'll be okay. And you know, then just carry on Mm. a little cinnamon bun on it.
0: Yes. I've never thought so much about cinnamon buns, Yolanda. I don't understand. (laughs) Okay. Let's close this out. How can people work with you, learn from you, listen to your podcast, tell us all the ways that we can support your work and support you as a human.
1: Oh, thanks, babe. Oh, that's really sweet. The way you say, Um, well, the podcast is like an amazing resource. I think because like one, if you're interested in energy work, go back to the archives, go back to the beginning. Um, I spent years talking about Reiki and energy work, but in the more recent episodes, I've had such an amazing time of interviewing experts and teachers of various modalities, including you. Um, So yeah, there's, there's a lot to learn there about just all across the board. And it's called Reiki Radio. And it's everywhere where podcasts can be found. Um, My website is called the Energetic Alchemist. And really, you can find everything about me and my work there. Um, And I tend to primarily focus my time right now with the I do group work with a group called the alchemy circle. Um, most of them are um, at least attuned to Reiki level one, but some aren't and that's fine too. <laughs> but yeah, if you just go to my website, you'll see everything. And if anything resonates with you, just reach out to me. Mm. I'm pretty responsive.
0: And are you giving Reiki as well? Are you doing actual Reiki sessions as well? Can people book a session with you?
1: Yeah, I do do Reiki sessions. Um, Right now, I primarily (laughs) just have room for the people that are in the alchemy circle, but I do. I do um, Reiki sessions. But honestly, I mean, I have to tell you really honestly, I prefer teaching people how to manage their own energy more, because then if you come to me for a session, it's more support. It's not that you're looking for me to fix or think that you need me like maybe just need me in a moment cuz you just need some help but i love more so giving people the tools so that they know <laughs> that they can manage their own energy themselves so yeah i do but it would make my heart happier if i could just give you things to help you learn in your own way and again i have all kind of resources on my website free and classes whatever whatever
0: fills you up Mm, that's another way that you are honoring your energy and respecting others and sharing beautiful energy that's perfect that's just for any entrepreneur listening Note the way she's like yeah i i do reiki but i'm not gonna fix you and i'm (laughs) i prefer to teach and i prefer this more empowering space that Mm was that's just really good i love you thank you so much for sharing your wisdom with us
1: thank you and we didn't even drop the R. I know we didn't still, still holding the R's. (laughs) I love you. I love you too. Thank you so much for having me, my love.
0: Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. And if you did, please share it with all your people or people who are not your people. In other words, shout it out from social media, share it in emails, texts, however you get it out there. Spread the word about Yolanda's wisdom. That makes it sound like a cult or something freaky. And that's not what I'm going for at all. Uh, Check out her website at theenergeticalchemist.com. That's a totally memorable website, right? Theenergeticalchemist.com. Follow her on social, connect with her, all the things. And if you want to connect with me, you can do that at kelseyabbott.com. And one last thing, if you are so inspired to give the find your awesome podcast, a five-star rating and a review on Apple podcasts, that would be amazing. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening. Thank you for coming back. Or thank you. If you just listened to your first full episode, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I love you go forth and be awesome.